So this book, okay, so the first thing to say is this book, which I hear largely talk about, I have started reading it, but I haven't finished, so no spoilers. Okay. Okay. Uh, so the first thing is I think you're going to read us mm, an extract. Okay. So I'm assuming that everybody else like me has either just got it or not got it yet. So here's your taster of what the book's like. Right. And then we'll talk about it for a bit. Thank and you. then you will get a chance to chip in and ask your questions. So, Jim, off you go. Thank you. Well, so just to, to put it into context, it's I mean, sort of like a Hollywood disaster movie in a book, really. It's, a, it's meant to be. It's a, well, the genre is hard sci-fi, near-future sci-fi. And, and uh, so the early chapters are setting up out this sort of sense of menace of stuff going wrong. The Earth's magnetic field is, is, is dying. So I thought I'd choose a, a, a short chapter that uh, where stuff happens uh, and uh, try and give a sense of excitement. Thursday, 7th of February, San Juan, Puerto Rico. Camilla had lived through her fair share of hurricanes during her 85 years in San Juan and knew the drill. She'd spent the morning calling family and friends, making them promise that they'd stay safely indoors with sufficient supplies to keep them going for a few days until the storm had passed. She'd been busy baking and cooking since hearing the weather forecast two days ago. Wiping her hands on her apron, she took out several Tupperware boxes from the cupboard. The rich aroma of chorizo and shellfish in her large pot of asapau permeated the whole of her ground floor apartment. She'd now cooked enough food to feed a platoon for a week and began portioning up the thick soup. She'd kept most of it in her fridge, but decided to take a couple of portions up to Grace Morales on the fifth floor. Camilla was feeling rejuvenated after the recent stem cell injections that had cleared up the arthritis in her knees and was keen to impress her friend with her newfound vigor. Besides, she wanted to have a better view out to sea than she had from her own flat on the ground floor. It'd been an exceptionally warm and sticky week, and now the rain had started. The wind had been building all morning and was currently strong enough to blow the lids off garbage bins, sending them rolling down the street with an assortment of autumn leaves, paper, plastic, and anything else not firmly secured. Counting the cost of the damage wrought by storms was a fact of life for Camilla, and she was sure it would be much worse than just a bin lid that needed replacing. Last year, her two sons had clubbed together to replace her old windows with graphene-toughened glass that could withstand the brute force of the far stronger winds, something she was even more grateful for today. Picking up the soup, she left the apartment. She thought about getting in the lift, but then decided she'd like to see the look on Grace's face after telling her she'd climbed five flights of stairs. Grace was indeed impressed by her old friend's regained mobility, though at first she'd been startled by Camilla's breathlessness. Well, there's no need to show off on my account, my dear, she scolded. What's the use of healthy knees if your heart gives out? <laughs> Camilla still managed to chuckle as she caught her breath. I can see how jealous you are, Grace. No point trying to hide it. Now put the kettle on. She barged past her friend into the apartment. To Camilla's relief, Grace seemed just as unconcerned as she was by the approaching storm. They'd keep each other calm. After catching up with family gossip, the two women settled down in front of the window with a coffee and a piece of cake. It was a beautiful view to the north, overlooking the Laguna to the picturesque district of Condado, an affluent tree-lined neighborhood with hotels and apartments blocks that in turn overlooked the Atlantic. To the west was the 130-year-old Dos Hermanos Bridge that linked Condado with the entrance to old San Juan. That is, it would have been a beautiful view, but not today. Over the next hour, they watched as the storm continued to build outside, from the vantage point, they could see the palm trees below, below them swaying ever more dramatically in the strengthening winds. 
And as the hurricane approached, their unease began to build. Camilla had lived through hundreds of storms in her life, but there was something different about this one that she didn't like. And she couldn't quite put her finger on why she felt a growing sense of foreboding. Had visibility been better, they'd have seen the first of the storm surges approaching from out at sea. As it was, Camilla could just make out the other side of the lagoon. Through the driving rain, she saw a few foolish motorists still out on the roads, despite the tsunami warnings that had been broadcast all morning, including several cars crossing the Dos Hermanos Bridge spanning the lagoon, trying to reach safety as quickly as they could. Arriving about a minute apart, it seemed that each tidal surge was bigger than the previous one. Then, as though tiring of playing games, Hurricane Jerome decided to show Camilla what it was truly capable of. She sat, transfixed, her coffee cup slipping unnoticed from her fingers onto the floor. She watched as first the roads and then the bridge itself disappeared under the giant wave. Her heart began pounding in her chest, this time with terror rather than physical exertion. She could just make out a few cars being carried along by the water as it advanced across the lagoon towards them. The scene looked like something from one of those badly made disaster movies she remembered watching as a young girl. Oh, sweet Lord, those poor souls, cried Grace. An almost forgotten memory from Camilla's childhood rose unbidden of a summer's day on the beach with her two sisters when they built an elaborate sandcastle. After hours of painstaking work, sculpting turrets, battlements, walls and a moat, they'd watched as the tide came in quickly washing away their creation until the sand was flat and featureless once more. As the wall of water continued across the lagoon towards them, looming ever larger, she instinctively reached across and grabbed hold of Grace's hand. Their apartment window was thankfully higher than the top of the wave, so they were able to, build, so were able to watch from their prime location as it slammed into their building, causing it to shudder. She heard screams from downstairs, followed by what sounded like several explosions. Maybe those newly reinforced windows weren't a match for a million-ton tsunami. The wave had reached as high as the floor below them when it hit, but had now subsided so that only the first two floors of the building were underwater. The realization that her trip upstairs had most, safe, most likely saved her life left Camilla shaken. How many hundreds of lives, though, at this very moment were coming to an end, trapped in their homes underneath the, way, underneath the water. She looked across at her friend. Tears were running down Grace's cheeks as she let out an anguished, whimpering sound. Camilla felt too numb to speak. She still hadn't moved when, less than a minute later, the next, even larger surge hit land. This time, the wave seemed to have one purpose only, reluctant to give up its immense store of energy until the final moment. It came for Camilla. There we go. <laughs> I don't think there are any particular spoilers in that. <laughs> so well, it's, it's suffice it's it to say, Camilla isn't one of the lead characters by the end of the book. 